0: Take your Bible with me, if you will, and turn to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter in your Bible. I'm going to need some help. Someone help me pass these out. One of the the guys here, I see two, I see two, Gary, Gary, why don't you come help me pass these out? I need another guy so we can pass these out quickly. Who are you pointing at? Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, thank you, James, thank you. 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, Pastor Morris and I, and then occasionally Pastor Wall, have been covering some matters of what we call Christian virtues. Um, I know that over the summer months, we talked about uh, certain things that are sins, sins of the flesh. We talked about those things. We called them the, the seven deadly sins, but we thought it would be good to follow that study up with Christian virtues. And to be frank with you, the list that we could address is nearly endless in the pages of the Bible. But tonight I want to talk about something that. I think should be talked about because of the culture in which we live. And it is the idea of respect or the word honor used in our Bible, okay? Honor and respect, they're very synonymous terms. I think honor actually goes a little bit further than just the matter of respect. But when you think about the word honor, especially as used in the Bible, you can oftentimes in your mind think about, okay, it means to respect. But we talk about respect and yet sometimes we don't really know what it means, especially in a society that seems to have lost the ability to deal in a respectful manner. Now, now let me say, just because our society has become snarky, that does not give Christians permission to become snarky back, okay? Demonstrating a level of respect is not weakness, it is strength. And when you get on the level of people today who can communicate only uh, with volume or attitude or anger, whenever you do that, you're not only mirroring the culture, but I think you're following something that is very, very satanic. And so I really uh, want us to think about this for a moment, the idea of, of genuine respect, showing people respect. In our society, we've lost on many levels the ability to have reasonable discourse with people with whom we disagree. Now it is my opinion that that um, problem in our society has been generated by forces that desire to destroy our country. Look at, the, look at the division that exists in our land. I'm not only talking about right side and left side of the aisle, but whereas before, there could be banter. How many remember the word banter? Remember the word banter? Uh, Ronald Reagan was an example of this. Uh, they could go after one another on the, on, on, on the, the platform of politics, but uh, Tip O'Neill, who was, was just diametrically opposed to Reagan, Uh, they were friends behind the scenes, okay? Now, they they didn't back down on their positions, but they had the ability to banter back and forth and then to learn things from one another. Uh, We've lost that ability today because we've decided that the other side is 100% the enemy, but beyond losing the ability to dialogue. And I think, by the way, Christian people ought to be able to dialogue with the culture and to dialogue with people with whom we disagree. Pastor Monty, I won't talk to people if they disagree with me. Um, That's a problem because you lose your platform for the gospel, okay? Uh, You should be able to do so, but then you should be able to do so without getting into the level of heat that eliminates the light. We sometimes say of arguing it produces more heat than light, uh, that should not be true of Christians, okay? And, and, but now, given that thought, and we'll get into it in detail in a moment, given that thought, understand something. In our culture, the tendency is for everything to be ramped up to the extreme of drama. Now, I'm not on social media. But there's this app that I had, the North Neighbor app, the Neighbor of the Northwest, some, some Northern. Okay, okay, that is quite possibly the greatest bastion of, would you like one of these? Like you want three? That seems kind of greedy. <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> just joking. Um, that app is probably one of the greatest bastions of ignorance. That, and you say, Pastor Monty, why do you look at it? Because it's so funny to me. But it's not only funny, but it it tells me about the problems that we have. So someone feels like their service at McDonald's was somehow inadequate. And so they blow up in anger all over this app over inadequate service at McDonald's. I can't even imagine that kind of thing. But the level of angst and rudeness with which people address themselves is an anecdotal sampling Of where we have come in america the way people communicate with one another but the danger is this that that type of rude disrespectful dishonorable communication can rub off on us because we're in that culture okay and at the very least some people think it's spiritual to be snarky and when you do that you cut well past money i disagree with so and so and i just let them have it okay let me ask you a question what is the value of that person's soul you see rather than letting them have it over something non-consequential i might step back from that for a moment and consider the fact that i need a platform to preach the gospel to people so let me get into this a little bit i'm using first peter chapter 2 verse 17 as just one example among many that could be used uh, regarding this matter of honoring look what it says in verse 17 first peter chapter 2 peter said honor all men love the brotherhood fellow christians fear god honor the king that is one small sampling of multiple scriptures that I could use in regard to discussing the matter of respect. But I love that verse because it simply says in three words what we should put into general practice in all of our communication, which is this, honor or show respect to all men. Now look at your introduction, if you will, with me. Uh, demonstrating respect for other people is a foundation for a civilized society. This is what concerns me when people shout, when people must use profanity, when people use drama. And I would tell you something, folks, I, I love this uh, in, in, uh, in Greece, we had our tour guide, and she 's leading this, this busload of, say fifty people, or whatever it was. And she had like a a satchel or a bag that she was carrying around with her stuff in it. And on the outside of the bag, it said this, I love it. It said, keep the drama on the stage. And she always carried it so everybody could read it. And I think that was a, a message to the group, keep the drama on the stage. Well, drama has entered every part of people's lives to the point where everything is a big deal and then they express it that way and that really quickly graduates into a dishonorable or disrespectful speech. So demonstrating respect for other people is a foundation for a civilized society, but it is also basic Christian conduct. The word for respect is the word honor in our Bible, and it includes both attitude and action. Honor comes from a right perspective within the heart and it manifests an appropriate behavior. So this is very, very important. All of us in life, if we had parents of any, you know, decent level at all, we were taught to be polite. How many were taught to be polite? And we should be polite, there's no reason to be rude. But honor is not just be polite, because honor comes from an attitude of the heart that says this is how you treat another human being, and I'll get into this in depth in a moment, because they are a human being, okay? Being polite is just kind of the, the social lubricant that keeps things moving uh, in our society, but honor goes deeper than that, okay? Um, respectful people are careful to honor other people in every situation of life. Of course, when under pressure, honor, honorable behavior may be challenging. Therefore, honor is a matter of character, a reflex default when dealing with others. So in the confines of church, it's very easy for us to be respectful toward one another because we know that that's what is expected in church. Very rarely, though it does occur, very rarely is there a situation where people treat someone with direct disrespect. It's pretty rare. It's more rare, I would say, in church than in other settings. But here's what is troubling to me. You see it on small level issues that shouldn't upset a person, but the respect with which they treat another human being, listen carefully, because they were inconvenienced or did not meet with the level of service that they were expecting, is something that even plagues the Christian community. So some years ago, I was traveling somewhere and I was eating in Ohio and there was a young man who was a waiter. I noticed he was a very hard worker. He had too many tables. It was busy there. I'd come in towards the end of lunch, and so I was eating my lunch. By the time I was finishing up, most people had left, and I was talking to him, and he was apologizing because of the water glass or not filling the water glass or something like that. And I said, it "It doesn't matter. I said, you're very busy. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. And uh, he would come back and apologize, and and finally, uh, people cleared out of the restaurant. And he said, uh, he said, hey, could I sit down with you for a minute? A young man, probably um, out of high school, just out of high school. I said, sure. He said, can I ask you a question? I said, what? He said, why are you so nice? <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I'm a pastor and I'm paid to be nice. No, <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, I said, I'm a Christian. I said, but I saw how busy you are. Uh, and he said, can, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, yeah. He said, let me, let me tell you something I don't understand. He got interested when I told him I was a pastor. He so, said, let me tell you something you don't understand. He said, I was an athlete, played football for the high school football team in this small town in Ohio. He said, I was one of the, the star athletes on the team. He said, when I would play football, uh, and, uh, and make a great, you know, great run or I would do something spectacular. on the field. He said, man, he said, everyone loved me. And he said, the parents of the other students in the school would come up to me after the game and the guys would be like, yeah, man, you had a great game. Man, you're awesome, that was wonderful. You know, uh, you know other dads would hug him and say, hey, you won the game for us. He said, man, he said, they treated me like a hero. He said, the same people, when they come into this restaurant and don't feel that they get the level of service they deserve they know who i am he said those same people will treat me with rudeness and disdain and he said why is that that's a conversation i'll probably never forget because there was such a disconnect in this young man's mind between how he would be treated in relationship to his athleticism and how he is now being treated in relationship to uh, his being a waiter, being a servant. And there was such a huge disconnect in his mind. And so, so I didn't have a good answer for him. But I thought to myself this, how many times do we mistreat someone else who has the responsibility of serving us? I think, now I hope that isn't true of you as a Christian but can we be snappy or demand, well, Pastor, my my food wasn't right. Okay. Has it ever occurred to you that that's probably not the waiter's fault unless he's the cook as well? Okay. That's probably not his fault. And I think sometimes we we can fall into our culture so quickly that we forget to give proper respect to people, listen to the next words, because they are people. So what should be our reflex? Our reflex should not be anger. Our reflex should not be snarky or snappy. Our reflex should always be kindness. I remember a preacher years ago told the story of how he was dining in a restaurant, and he said the the lady, the waitress, clearly was having a bad day, and she kind of slapped the food. She was snappy with him. She was not treating him as you would a customer, and and, uh, and she was just just out of it, just having a bad day. And that preacher said uh, that he left a very large tip on the table. And as he was leaving the restaurant, the lady came to him and said, look, you, you left all this money here on the table, said you must have left this by mistake. He said, oh no, no, he said, that's a, that's a tip, that's a tip for you. She said, why would you do that? She said, I know I've been in a bad mood. She said, I know I've kind of slapped your food down in front of you and have, have been kind of, why would you do that? And you know what this preacher said? The preacher said, well, he said, I realized that you're, you're probably not like this all the time, but that you're probably having a bad day. And he said, something probably seriously bad has happened in your life. And he said, I wanted to leave that tip as an encouragement to you so that maybe your bad day can turn into a better day. She broke down in tears. Her son had been diagnosed with a very serious disease. She had to work that day rather than be with her son. He led her to Christ because of that kindness. let me say something. Never ever lose your platform for the gospel because of how you carry yourself even in a pressured situation. So let's define honor or the word respect. It is paying due respect and consideration to others, okay? Well, Pastor Monty, someone has to earn my respect, okay? There's a sense, we'll get into this in a moment, there's a sense in which that is true in certain circumstances, but respect and honor of an individual is always the baseline and immediate approach to someone. How do, we, how do we look at this? The golden rule is a good guideline for honor. Jesus said, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, isn't that interesting? on a couple occasions, Jesus said there are things that can fulfill the law and the prophets. For example, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Those are fulfillments of the law and the prophets. Here, in what we call the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's our shortened version of it. Here's what what he says. This is a fulfillment of the law and the prophets. So If I want to be treated with respect, and I think everybody in this room would like that, then I must treat other people with that same respect. So remembering the golden rule is a general principle, and it's applicable to normal human interaction. And it should be the general guide to all of my interaction with people, okay? If I am bristly, obnoxious, spiny, if I am continually negative, critical, or rude, none of those things is a Christian characteristic. And from time to time, I've met people out, Pastor, my I just tell people what I think? And I'm just blah, 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 blah. And they're brusque with people. That's not acceptable Christian behavior, okay? Maybe that's your personality, but get your personality right with God. Look at point number two, though. There's a cautionary here. The golden rule does not prohibit the use of force or violence should the need arise. Now, here's something. So, so there, are, there are people who take one part of the Bible and dismiss the rest of the Bible. Well, Pastor Monty, I always have to be nice to everyone. That's the rule. No, no. The general rule is to be nice until you cannot be nice anymore. Does everyone follow what I'm saying? And the Bible teaches both. The Bible teaches that my first response should be kindness, that my first response should be polite, that my first response should be to honor. But, but the golden rule cannot be used as a platform for pacifism. And this is something that some Christians, certainly not here at this church, but some Christians will take this to—they'll take it to seed. It is not a platform for pacif- pacif- pacifism; rather, it is a platform for basic human interaction in normal day-to-day living. So, for example, if someone threatens me physically and an altercation is about to begin, then it is my right to respond with equal force. Does everybody understand that? You have the right to self-defense. The Bible uh, Bible absolutely supports the right to self-defense, okay? But if someone approaches my home to knock on my door to sell me Pest control, that happens around here, it seems like a lot. If someone knocks on my door to sell me pest control, I do not shoot them, okay? That shouldn't, and, and well, Pastor that I can't believe it. That person knocked on my door, so I was rude. Why? Why were you, well, because I don't want people knocking on my door. Okay, newsflash, they already have. <laughs> okay, your treatment of that person is not going to change that person's job. Have you ever thought about this? Even, how many get frustrated with, uh, with uh, those people that call you up and so, try to sell you stuff? Yeah, we all get frustrated with that, right? Okay, think about it this way, that's that person's job. Now I politely, I, by the way, I don't answer my phone anymore. If you're, if you're not in my contact list, I don't answer. You leave a message you know leave a polite message or i won't call you back okay but <laughs> but uh, but i i don't i don't answer anymore because of the proliferation of these calls right But that's that person's job. They're working a job, probably not a very desirable job, and so it's not my job to be rude to that individual, okay? I just don't have to behave that way. Someone knocks on my door. I don't have to behave with rudeness, okay? I can behave with with kindness. I can turn them down rather quickly with kindness. Uh, That is the proper approach in normal day-to-day living, okay? honor, point C, is a matter of default character, especially in pressured situations. For example, showing consideration to waiter, I covered this already, who has too many tables, is a matter of character because kindness goes against our natural inclination in such a situation. And I remember uh, COVID, right after COVID happened, and then it kind of went away, uh, and a restaurant in Brownsburg had opened up, and and um, they had one lady who was trying to do it all. She was the cashier. She was the, uh, she was the waitress. Somebody hadn't showed up for work that day. Uh, there was a very large lunch crowd. Tables were full. Of people were standing around because they couldn't get a clean table. And this woman was absolutely frazzled, absolutely frazzled. And there was a guy standing behind me, and he said, man, he said, I feel sorry for her. And so I said, okay, let's, let's do something. Let's do something. He's like, "What? Well, let's clear that table for her. I said, well, clear the tables. I said, we can seat people. And I said, so we just started in. It was kind of fun. And, and we just started in with seating people. Now, by the way, a young man from our church works at that restaurant. He wasn't on shift at that point, but he works there at that restaurant. So we did, we did this. We were seating people and trying to help her. And can we do something to help? And uh, that waitress broke down in tears. And, and we talked a little bit. And she said, oh, you're so-and-so's pastor. I said, yeah, I'm so-and-so's pastor. Uh, later on, he came to me and he said, preacher, he said, the best testimony you could ever have is what you did to help so-and-so at this restaurant. Okay, now, where other, some people are standing in line, mm. I'm just mad because it's going to take another five minutes. You know, that kind of attitude. Why do you have to be that way? Well, because Pastor Monty, I'm important. Can I tell you something you're not? You're not. Okay, you could fall off the earth tomorrow and the, the, it would keep on rolling. Okay, we keep on rolling. Your imagined self-importance is a matter of pride. But you're a Christian. You're a Christian. So what if you showed someone, by genuine love and kindness in a pressured situation, what if you showed Christ to someone? Do you understand how that opens a door? Okay, it opens a door very wide for you to do that. So honor extended. 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor all men. Simply stated, every human being is worthy of respect to some extent. Again, remember, this is not blanket pacifism. Aggression must be met with aggression when necessary, okay? Uh, you know, if, you, if Hamas breaks loose, in your neighborhood, you need to do something about it with your AR, okay? That's exactly what the Jewish people are doing. The only way to solve that problem is at the point of gun, and, and we understand that. But in normal day-to-day life, where we're not faced with a challenge like that, the best thing we can do is to demonstrate honor. Why, though, are all men worthy of honor? And why has respect and honor in our society nearly died? Why has negative, rude, and obnoxious rhetoric taken full center stage? Why is that? I think fundamentally because of the way we view human beings in a secular culture. And it's possible that that view of human beings, which is secular, can rub off on us, not theologically, because we know some things but it can rub rub off on us on a practical level. So why do we respect people? Number one, all men are made in the image of God. We are image bearers in our being. Now this is true of saved people, of lost people. Every human being is an image bearer of God. God said he would make man and women in his own image. That means there is something very significant about human beings that is not significant about lower forms of life. By the way, did you notice what I just said? Lower forms of life. There's something really concerning to me that is gripping society. I, I, lo- I like animals. We have, we've always had a dog on and off, mostly on. We've always had dogs. I, I like animals, okay? But that dog is not a human being. That dog is a dog. And what I'm noticing in people is they treat animals with a greater level of respect than they do other human beings. That's increasingly problematic. Why is that? It is ultimately from a skewed worldview. Human beings are made in the image of God. Even those who fall far short of ideal bear the image of God. When we fail to embrace this truth, we easily slip into suspicion and hatred of those who are different from us, okay? whether a person knows it or not, he is an image bearer of the divine. That means human life is sacred. That means that I must show respect because that person, no matter how far fallen they are from the image of God, that person still bears the image of God. But there's a second reason that I need to demonstrate respect across the board to all people. It's this. All men were created by God for a purpose, to have dominion over this earth, okay? Everyone has a purpose. The ultimate purpose is for dominion. That was Adam's purpose, and in given that purpose, God said, you're to multiply. Why were they to multiply? They were to have children, because Eden, the Garden of Eden, which was, a, which was a, a smaller area geographically, the idea was that the descendants of Adam would extend the Garden of Eden over the entire earth, and those would be his descendants who do that. Mankind is given dominion. Do you know what that means? every human being is significant now you say, pastor money you know okay god gave mankind dominion over this world and we're significant that way but what about unsafe people they're human beings it's the intention of god for them to have dominion now a lot of things have happened theologically and i won't go into all of that but ultimately that dominion in the coming millennial kingdom that dominion will be restored and that's an exciting prospect so when i look at a person i can look at a human being and i can say that person is important Because God, whether they know it or not, and a lot of people, the majority don't know it, right? Whether they know it or not, God made them with a purpose, and that purpose is dominion. And because of the image and because of the purpose, that human being would merit, should merit, my personal respect, okay? Um, The unique divine purpose for all human lives demands I honor all human lives to some extent. Now, but here's the question. Oh, okay, Pastor Monty, we're just gonna respect everyone on an equal level. So this is the question. Are all men worthy of the same level of honor? The simple and biblical answer is no. Respect should be the basis of my communication and my interworking with people but uh but look at the point respect for human beings because they're human is the beginning point of honor after that unique honor consideration and respect is something that people earn okay so this is very very important so I'm not going to mistreat to the best of my ability another human being. Now, if I have to defend myself, if, you know, yada, 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 that's fine. But I'm going to to take the high road with people to the best of my ability. But the idea, point two on the back page, that everyone is a winner, that everyone should be treated equally, is not biblical. Now, we are all created equally. Does everyone understand that? And that means no one is created better than anyone else. But there is a sense in which my honor and respect is increased for a person based upon some factors. And we're gonna get into those factors in just a moment in scriptural. Uh, So the idea that everyone is treated equally is not biblical. In fact, such a quality goes against clear biblical instruction. Uh, For example, let me just give you an example. God has entrusted my children to me. So I treat my children uniquely from other people's children. Does everyone follow that? I don't believe it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a decent family, okay? Decent mom and dad. But, but I don't. I treat my kids special. Why? Because they are my kids. Well, why? Because God gave them to me on a special level, on a different level. Okay, so let's look at some unique cases that address the idea of respect. And I could have given you more, but I've only listed four for the sake of brevity. Um, The first one we'll talk about government officials. The Bible says this: render to all their dues. And in context, it's speaking in Romans thirteen of government officials and specifically of taxation. And then it says, honor to whom honor, and I added the words is due to make it make sense to you, honor to whom honor. Within the context of honoring legitimate government officials, we are to show honor by way of custom. Okay, it is customary. Well, Pastor Monty, you don't like Joe Biden. No, I don't. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Joe. But do you know if Joe came to speak to me, I would speak respectfully to him, Um, at least respectful of the office that he has usurped illegally. But I would speak... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just had to throw that out there, folks. Just had to, boom, you know, that had to come out of my mouth at some point. But uh, but I, I would not treat him with rudeness because... I would want to have a platform for the gospel in his life. If any man needs the gospel, he needs the gospel, okay? I would want to have a platform for the gospel in his life. I would treat any politician this way. Never, I don't have to be abrupt and obnoxious. My message is better communicated when I demonstrate a certain level of respect, okay? So customarily, uh, government officials would receive a certain level of, of, by the way, by the way, pause here for a moment. Okay, the police, the police. How dumb is it to disrespect the police? Okay, I, I don't understand that. They have a very difficult job. Okay, well, Pastor, Pastor, I was only going 10 miles over the speed limit, and I'm angry, okay? Calm down. The chances of you getting a ticket are greatly reduced if you're respectful. Greatly, and if you have a pretty clean record, <laughs> that helps too, but, but uh, greatly reduced if you're respectful. When you come at someone they will have a tendency to come at you. So respect is common sense. What does scripture say? A soft answer turneth away wrath, okay? And that all has to do with speaking respectfully. So, but notice here that the class of people, the officials, uh, that should by custom receive unique honor. Uh, I had a, a, an issue a while back with uh, my tax assessment. I had an issue, and I was standing in the issue with your tax assessment line down at Hendricks County. You know, I was in, the, in line. And boy, some people were ahead of me, whoo, baby. There was smoke coming off the top of their heads. I mean, this poor lady who had nothing to do with giving the assessment, nothing. She's an office worker. She did not march around your backyard and figure out you owe more money. She had nothing to do with that. Uh, They were letting her have it and yelling and screaming and carrying on and she was pushing back with them and and they were pushing back with her and and it was shameful, really. And she was just had it, she just had it. So by the time I got up there, I said, I said, ma'am, I said, you have a very hard job. I said, I wouldn't take your job. I said, it's not your fault. You didn't write these numbers. She said, well, thank you. Thank you, someone finally realized that, thank you. I said, no, I said, this isn't, this is not your fault at all. I said, this is, you know, but, but uh, and she said, well, I'll look at yours. And so I showed her my numbers and she said, she said, well, let me, let me look into some <sharp inhale> Typing, typing. <sharp inhale> oh, she said, yeah, she said, yours are way too high. She said, hey, she said, can I help you with this? She said, here's what you do. You go over here, you go over here, talk to this person. And she said, well, in less than 40 minutes, I had my assessed value dropped by tens of thousands of dollars. Okay? Did those other people? Nope. (laughs) They got sent out the door. Do you understand what I'm saying, folks? It, It makes no sense to approach people with aggression when you need that person to be on your side it makes no sense to do that whatsoever so government officials would be an example another example i'll give you from scripture and i'm quoting here first thessalonians 5 verses 12 to 13 are pastors the bible says paul writing to the church of thessalonica we beseech you brethren to know them which labor among you he's speaking specifically of pastoral ministry and are over you in the lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love and i what the next words for their work's sake, not for their personality, but for their work's sake, okay? At the very least, we can say, you know, oh, man, I don't like Pastor Monty's personality and he's, a, he's a conservative and blah, 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 but because of what he does, I'll give him respect. Now, 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 tune in, folks, tune in. Do you know what that means to me? There may be a pastor down the road with whom I greatly disagree theologically, but I would still treat him with great respect does everybody follow what I'm saying? Well, Pastor Martin, you know, he's, he's, he's probably just a scoundrel. Okay, well, let's let the Lord determine that. That's not my job, okay? And I would treat him with the utmost of respect. So, when I was very young, my very first pastorate, there was a man, a very young man, probably. A year or two within my age range. We were both very young pastors. He was the Lutheran pastor. He was the new Lutheran pastor at uh, Lutheran Church, and he sought me out. He actually sought me out to be friends this many decades ago uh, in North Carolina. And so theologically, we probably were very, very far separate from one another. But, uh, you know, he introduced himself, and we're the same age, and we would do stuff together. We would have lunch and things together. And, um, and there was a friend, well, Pastor Bonnie, how could you be friends with a Lutheran? minister, because he was a nice guy. See, I'm pretty normal. If you're nice, I'm going to be nice. I had, um, I had some kind of tree. I can't remember. Some kind of southern tree was growing in my yard. This guy was an arborist, and he knew that they needed to be trimmed. And one day he came over, and he said, we have to trim these. They'll have beautiful flowers if we trim these. And he helped me trim those things, okay? Now, and there was, there was a friendship there that developed, well, Pastor Monty, you should have just clobbered him over the head with the Bible. You know what gave me an opportunity to do? It gave me an opportunity to talk to him about the Bible and to talk to him. By the way, we found out, even though he was Lutheran, we had more in common than we differed. Now, some key differences, okay, don't, don't doubt what I'm saying, but we had a lot of things in common. I'm simply saying you, you can build and keep a platform by the way you demonstrate respect to someone. Now, I'm just gonna make a statement here. So there's a preacher I'm going to name him because some people know who he is, and he's pretty pretty honest about it. There's a quote-unquote Baptist preacher out there named Stephen Anderson. Anyone ever heard of him? Okay, don't even mess with this. He's so confrontational. I mean, he's got a reputation. He's made national news for being rude and confrontational. He was protesting at the funerals for soldiers, okay? And uh, you know the guy? Remember this guy? okay. May I say something to you? I No, you completely destroyed your opportunity with the gospel, and I wish he wouldn't call himself a Baptist. You've completely destroyed your opportunity for the gospel, are confronting homosexuals in a, in a horrible, hate-filled, mean way. Let me say something. That has no place. Oh, Pastor Mike, we just need to deal with this. No, you know how you deal with it? by sharing the love of Christ with someone. Okay, by the way, someone who's confused, someone who might be desperate to know something, someone who maybe has never heard the truth in their life, that is how you deal with this. You do not deal with it by being on the attack. And there are some people that just by their own personality want to be on the attack. And that's not a Christian virtue, to be rude, to be obnoxious. And by the way, I don't, I believe my position is so firmly grounded in the Bible that I don't have to be rude about it. I can speak at a normal conversational level and express truth. You know what Paul said? Speaking the truth in love. Okay, don't back down from the truth. But when you say something that is true, speak it out of a, a mouth that conveys love, love for individuals with the bare minimum respect that this person is an image bearer of God. Uh, so how do we deal with family members? So pastors, by the way, in summary there, should be treated with respect, okay? And and that's not ever been a problem at this church. Uh, Family members, okay? The Bible says children are to honor their parents in a way that is unique to their parents. So uh, they should respect all adults. By the way, whatever happened to that? You know, whatever happened to that? Okay, Some, some parents undermine that. Okay, and, and my parents sure did And Boy, if I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble at home. And guess what? Mama believed the teacher and didn't believe me. Pastor Monty, why wouldn't she believe you? Because I was no angel and she knew it, okay? She would believe the teacher. But I, had a, I have a special responsibility to honor my parents. That mean, Well, were they perfect? No, but they were my parents. They put food in my belly, clothes on my back. They put a roof over my head and they loved me. Were they well pastor money they they weren't christian parents no they weren't christian my growing up but they were good parents and i honor them well pastor you know i'm sure that you bear uh, in your psyche some kind of deep wounds i don't know they made sure i was fed i i don't know but i do know this they were good parents and and for whatever flaws they had i'd never even talk about their flaws Whatever flaws they had, they were good parents. And I am uniquely to honor my parents, okay? Husbands are to show honor to their wives. Did you know that? The Bible says husbands were to show honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. What does that mean? That means the, the woman is the weaker vessel physically, not mentally, by the way, she's probably smarter than you are, but, uh, but weaker physically, and I'm to show honor and respect her. That means in my treatment of my wife, even when there are times of pressure, I'm to honor her and demonstrate respect. That is how marriage is to function. It's also opposite. Wives are to honor their husbands, okay? So one of the... Um, if you, if you wanna read a great book on marriage, okay, Dr. Egrich's, Dr. Egrich's book, Love and Respect. You can look it up, you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, Dr., um, what's his first name, Shannon? He's a good guy, Dr. Egrich's, Egrich's. Love and Respect is probably one of the best books on marriage available today. And it's one of the most simple concepts that a man wants to be respected and a woman wants to be loved. And I highly recommend. It's good. You say, Pastor Monty, we're not having a problem in our marriage. It's still a good book to read, okay? But am I to honor and respect my wife? Yes. Is she to honor and respect her husband? Yes. And I've given you scripture verses, 1 Peter 3, 17, in regard to husbands honoring the wives, and then Ephesians 5:33 in regard to wives honoring or respecting their husbands. Okay, here's another point. I won't have time to develop this like I'd like to. Do you know I also need to demonstrate respect to Christians with whom I may disagree. Now back to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Honor all men. Notice the next words. Love the brotherhood. Well, what is that talking about? That's talking about fellow Christians. Throughout the entire Bible, a characteristic of genuine Christianity is the love that I have for a fellow believer. And Jesus said this, "'By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, "'if ye have love one toward another.'" Love within the church, within the, within the context of the local church, love is one of the key aspects towards unity. But in Romans chapter 14, and for some Christians, Romans 14 is really uncomfortable because it allows wiggle room. Did you know you don't have to agree with me? Do you have the answer to my question? Emerson. Emerson Egrich's. Emerson Egrich's book, Love and Respect. Thank you, Shannon. Did you know you don't have to agree on every fine point to be a Christian? Romans 14, very uncomfortable ground for some people. Pastor Monty, I want you to spell everything out. I want you to spell out a dress code. I want you to spell out codes of conduct. I want you to spell out what we, what we can listen to musically, what we can't listen to musically, what we can watch on TV, what we can't. Pastor Monty, spell it out. spell it all out for me, and then next week, issue an update. <laughs> there are people who really want that, okay? May I tell you something? I'll never do that. I'll never do that. Romans 14 is very, very clear that within the church there can be differences of opinion and yet unity in the church. Can I give you one? And I'm so glad it's November 1st. Can I give you one? Here it is. Crops up every year Halloween. Halloween. The pumpkin is the godless gourd. Or what should we do? do you know, we had candy at our door. I'm not going to ask you if you did. I'm, I'm not. A, we had candy. You say, Pastor Monty, did you have trick or treaters? We had one. <laughs> Kyle Enlow, <laughs> brother Andy, Kyle Enlow, Kyle Enlow showed up. We had a big ba- we had a big bowl of candy. Nobody came. We just are like here, Kyle. Take it. <laughs> take all the candy. Very smart teenager in our church, by the way. Very, very smart. That's very smart. Too old, probably, Andy, to be trick-or-treating, but very smart, nonetheless. He was, he was out getting his free candy, right? Um, uh, folks, listen. Some people do that, some people don't. Okay, it's not the end of the world, Okay, and that's really important to see. And you know what the devil loves to do? The devil loves to take an issue. Don't anyone come up to me afterwards and, oh, Pastor, I need to explain to you the origins of Halloween. Well, then I'll explain to you the origins of Christmas. And you might just stop altogether, okay? So, uh, and let's just stop all that. People will take that one little thing and they'll elevate it to this really high thing, listen carefully, or any other little thing like that, and they will make it a test of Christian fellowship. Romans 14 forbids that without going into it because you can read it later Romans 14 Paul describes two different general classes of Christians within the church there are those described as the weaker brother well that means he's just a weakling no the word weaker there is not used in a negative connotation the word weaker brother is referring to the brother who has a more sensitive conscience by the way I'm thankful for people with a sensitive conscience I'm very thankful for that as a pastor. They don't give you a lot of trouble, okay? They're, they're not real exciting people, but they, they, don't, they don't give you a lot of trouble, right? They're, they're sensitive, so they're careful about things. In the New Testament era, there were people who were Jews, converted Jews, for example. They were still conscientious about eating kosher, or about avoiding certain things they were conscientious in that They're, they were weaker in that their conscience was more sensitive so so what did paul say paul said okay if you hold to a particular set of standards then he said hold to those standards personally but in romans 14 he said this don't judge other people who don't so some people might have a broader, and you can there are so many things there are so many things remember dice Dice Monopoly board or whatever has dice? You know, the real spiritual people when I was growing up, they threw the dice in the trash can. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You younger people don't even know, okay? And you know what you made? You made a spinner. Does anyone remember this? okay yeah yeah and you had to have the spinner because the dice you know one roll of the dice you're going to be in las vegas the next week you know you'd have the spinner okay now I, i'm kind of i know this isn't a thing today but it was a thing back then okay uh wire rim glasses how many knew that there was a time when that was verboten wire rim sure do you know why because of the Beatles. Okay, they had wire-rimmed glasses, okay? so that was, that was forbidden. So we can, I think you know, regardless of what background you are, you can think of things like this, and in some places, this caused incredible division within churches. Romans 14 is the solution to that. I respect others, so let's say that I'm the Christian with a more sensitive conscience, and so I am more reticent to do certain things or to participate in something or whatever it may be. Okay, Paul is real clear. I'm not allowed to judge the other person. I'm to love them and to respect them. I'm not allowed to divide a church over these peripheral issues. Not allowed to do it. Not allowed to. So I've met some Christians who would never smoke a cigarette, but they wouldn't think anything about splitting a church. That's ungodly okay to the core now what what is the other class i have mentioned the the weaker conscience brother what is the other class the other the other is the stronger brother okay he is the one with a less sensitive conscience by the way neither one of these groups is condemned in romans 14 they're simply identified and we can see that in our churches different groups of people the stronger brother, the one with the less sensitive conscience, is not to despise. That means to look down upon. When you read the word in the King James Bible, the word despise means look down. He's not to despise to look down upon the weaker brother's personal standards. So he's not this, the weaker brother has some personal standards. Well, you know, those people, they're kind of crazy over there because blah, blah, blah. No, 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 he's not to do that. He's to simply leave it alone. And how does that come together? Here's how it comes together, folks. Honor. What did Peter say? Honor the brotherhood. It means respect. It means, hey, I, I, I might not see things eye to eye exactly the way you do, but I respect you. Does everybody follow on this? I respect that. And I think that's really an important point because when, when people honor one another and share mutual respect, it keeps things flowing properly in the local church. And by the way, it keeps us focused on what is important. Pastor Monty what's important? Not fighting among ourselves over minutia. What is important is being a witness to a lost and dying world of the love of Christ evangelism trumps every time arguing over minutia. It trumps it every time. Because frankly, when we stand before the Lord, the biggest thing is gonna be how many people did we direct to him? How many people did we point to him? How many people are saved from hell because of our witness and our testimony? So let me wrap this up with some observation Number one, respect or honor is not a one-size-fits-all proposition. Some people, by virtue of their position, deserve unique respect. Some people, by virtue of their actions, deserve special honor. That level of respect is higher than the level of respect of position because the person earns that respect. Okay, So an athlete who has trained and been self-disciplined and is successful in athletics deserves more accolades than the slob. Oh, but Pastor Monty, that'll hurt everyone's feelings. It, it doesn't matter. Have you ever thought about this? It might help someone to rise up. In my life, I've been inspired by people who are far better than I because of their positive example. And if someone is rewarded on a level based on positive example, that is a good thing. There there are some people then in life, while I respect everyone based upon the idea that all are image bearers of God and all of us have the purpose of dominion over the earth, I respect everyone based upon that. That's the base level of respect. There are some people that I highly respect. There are some people that I respect more than other people Oh, Pastor Monty, that sounds like favoritism. No, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Point B all men deserve basic respect as human beings. In some cases, the respect is very minimal, but it should still exist on the level of acknowledging the humanity of every individual. We covered that. Point C these are just observations demonstrating unique honor to honorable individuals is both biblical and desirable. Heroes should be uplifted, hard work should be acknowledged. Okay. Well, Pastor Monty, everybody is special. No. Because if everybody is, think this through with me, if everyone is special, nobody is special. Think about that for a minute. If everyone's, there are some people that are uniquely gifted, that are are just people you can admire. And man, or someone who really worked hard for something, that's someone I have highest level of respect for. Okay, well, that's not fair. You should just respect everyone equally. The Bible never teaches that. We've already covered that. Demonstrating unique honor. Um, Okay, we covered that. Point D having respect of persons and i've given you the passage to look at james 2 1 through 9 having respect of persons is a sin because it has to do with giving special privileges to those who are of a higher class or economic stature or even sadly to a particular race okay so respect of persons is this i see someone pull up in the parking lot and they're they're driving a bentley and they come in and the guy's wearing a a thousand dollar suit and a several hundred dollar necktie oh Pastor Martin, you better be nice to them. They have money. That's a sin against God. James 2 says that's a sin against God, okay? You don't respect a person because of any outward appearance thing. That's not the the point of respect. You don't show them special privileges because of where they are financially or who they are. James 2, verses one through nine, if you doubt me, read the passage because that apparently had been a problem in some of the early churches. Point E, Christians should be especially careful to be respectful toward others, even unsaved people with whom we vehemently disagree over moral issues. Disrespect ends discourse, effectively closing the door to gospel witness. There is no reason to be rude. We are to speak the truth in love, okay? And that that foregone conclusion is there, don't lose your temper. Well, Pastor Monty, you know, these people just make me so mad, okay? Cool down And understand that winning an argument may not win a soul. And love is the way to win someone to Christ. Love is the way to overcome some of the negativity. Um, But we need to be especially respectful towards others and lost people included. Maybe especially. Remembering the golden rule is a good way to honor and respect and make it a default character trait. That is a good way to make respect a habit. So how do I want to be treated? Have you ever walked away? I was with someone one time years ago that had a road rage incident. I was just a passenger in the car, but this person had a road rage incident. And someone was backing a trailer out, and they couldn't get it in, and and it was kind of stopped traffic a little bit on this road, you know. And and boy, oh boy, it was on. And the yelling and the carrying on, and and this man was a Christian. There's no reason you can't wait even two minutes to get, let this guy back, whatever, okay? But, and it embarrassed me. I, I used to pass, what were you doing? I was slumping down in the front seat trying, I didn't even wanna be seen with this. You know what the, the Christian man did though later? He thought about what he had done and how rude that was, because it almost came to blows, okay? Which is crazy, right? It almost came to blows. He told me this later. He said, preacher, he said, what I did was wrong. And he said, it dishonored the Lord. He said, I went back to that man's house. He said, I knocked on his door and he said, I apologized. And he said, that man and I now have, have a relationship because I went back and apologized. Now, the better thing is not to get yourself in that situation, but the honorable thing in that case was to eat humble pie and say, hey, I'm sorry for my behavior. I'm sorry things got out of control. And you don't know what that could mean for someone's eternity, if you have that level of respect for people. So, so folks, we take a good strong stand on a lot of things, don't we? But we're always gonna do it with love and we're always gonna do it with respect. And if we have to disagree with someone, we can disagree with them in an agreeable way that leaves the door open for communication. Because here's something I've seen too. People might not agree with you out of the gate. But there's a God in heaven who works in people's lives. And sometimes, well, that's just that old fundy, crusty fundamental Baptist preacher. He lives there. Yeah, but he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, but I just disagree with, it. okay, fine. And then something happens in their life. And I've had this happen where I live right now. There's a knock on my door. Hey, Pastor, can you help us? Can you give us some advice? Can you intervene in a situation? Hey. And you know what? That never would have happened if I had been argumentative, snarly, nasty, hyper-separatistic. I'm not going to talk to them. They're unsaved and they might rub off on me. That never would have happened. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Demonstrating respect for people can open the door for the gospel. My bigger goal is to share the gospel of Christ with someone else. Father, we pray that you'll help us. uh, Just a cursory uh, view of what it means to honor and to respect. Father, I pray that you'll help us to see in our own lives the need for this to become our generally reflex reaction to people. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you, Lord, that we have the light in a very dark world, Help us, Lord, never to diminish that light by our own attitudes or reactions to people. But Father, in the way we respond and respect in a world that's very disrespectful, help us, Lord, to be different for the sake of Christ and as a platform for the gospel. We pray you'll use these thoughts in Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you, and you are dismissed.